G'day everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Australian Property Investment Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Christie-David. I run a mortgage broking business called Atelier Wealth, where we help families build intergenerational wealth through making confident property decisions. When I say confident and property decisions, probably one thing that has stirred a lot of discussion, debate, and uh, is almost quite polarizing is when people go to buy brand new apartments or properties off the plan. Now, there's so many pundits that will say, this is the worst thing that you can do. However, uh, it's not a blanket rule. And we have seen it for some of our clients who have done quite well, and it may suit them at a time in their lives when buying a property off the plan or buying something new can be financially rewarding. And so this is the discussion I want to blow wide open today with Mitchell Meyer. Welcome to the show, Mitchell. How are you doing? Good, mate. Yeah, good. Thank you very much for having me. So sales and operation manager for Boston Projects. Correct. Uh, However, we've had the privilege of knowing each other for quite some time. We have. I've seen you go on your journey. Um, Yeah. uh, I think I'd say almost solo to couple to first child and now expecting yeah. the second and yeah. second grads. Yeah, correct. Thank yeah. you very much. It's uh, Yeah, we have known each other for a little while now. Yeah. Been, been through a lot of my property journey in that time too. Yeah, 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 mate. It's, uh, and thank you very much. I mean, it's been great to work alongside you. Um, great to work with a number of mutual clients. But I think for, for us today, it's really having this open chat around the whole brand new off the plan debate because you probably, I mean, you probably have this conversation Plenty of time. So Every day. Be- yeah. <laughs> so before we jump into it, just want to share a little bit about yourself, your own journey, what I call the three Ps of about yourself personally, yeah. about yourself professionally and your journey now with Boston Projects, for example, and you made the previous iteration of the brand was Boston Marketing. Boston Marketing. Correct. Uh, yeah. And then I guess you've, you've lived and breathed as an investor as well. So yeah. What yeah, are you comfortable correct. to share? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, if I look at it, it personally, I mean, I, I got into property when I was quite young. Mm. Um uh, you know, I, I had a background in finance. Uh, I was an accountant, um, yeah. you know, and got a bit of exposure to the finance world. And, you know, although accounting wasn't for me, you know, I, I found property quite early and, and mm. you know, I, I really thoroughly enjoy it. Um, you know, I've been lucky to, to find a partner and a wife that, you know, supports that, that career and that lifestyle as well. And, you know, I'm trying to get to a point where, as you said, build that intergenerational wealth, mm. uh, you know, almost ex- exclusively through, through property. Correct. And it's something that I'm really, really passionate about. And, you know, I'll teach my daughter about it and, mm. and, and, you know, our next child that's, that's on its way. And, you know, as part of that journey, I've, I've ultimately found myself here at, at Boston Projects, um, yeah. where, you know, I started off as part of the sales team and running the sales team. And now as, you know, sales and operations manager running, you know, the day-to-day aspects of the business, but also keeping that really strong insight over the sales team as well. And having these conversations, you know, yeah. speaking with buyers every day about, you know, what they're fearful of, what they're excited about. Yeah. Uh, you know, which which I find really really helpful. We're talking to our developer clients as yeah. as well. Um, you know, and then from the the property side, you know, for me personally, I mean, I've bought you know lots of investment properties. I've bought properties that are off the plan. I've bought established. Yeah. Um, you know, I've bought properties that needed a lot of work and, and and done you know some fairly significant renovations as as well. And you know, I'm I'm all in on property. I love every yeah. everything about it. I'm happy to talk about it all day every day. Um, you know, and it's it's something that you know I I see you know being a big part of my life. For, yeah. Forever. Yeah. Exactly. And. You have made decisions that have had to help help you move forward, whether it's you know, being pushed around borrowing capacity or valuations, for example. Uh, what I love about you is that you don't take no for an answer. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's uh, not now, it's like, well, what needs to happen to get to that next stage as well, which is probably one of the good hallmarks of a tenacious and ambitious investor. Yeah. yeah. Don't let anything get in the way as well. So, um, so talk me through. So why do you think 
off the plan properties have have got a bad name or a bad rap in the past, do you think? Oh, I mean, I think, um, you know, historically there has been, you know, some some aspects of, of purchasing off the plan that have not been great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's been times uh, in the past where whether it be, you know, uh, contract law or financial law where yeah. things were a little bit loose and there was, there was, there was a whole heap of gray area. And unfortunately there were some players in the market that took advantage of that. Mm. Uh, and it, and it resulted in some, you know, uh, negative impacts on, on people, whether that be building quality or valuation, uh, you know, uh, whatever, whatever it might have been. So there's definitely some, you know, some stigma in the air around it. You know, I mean, obviously everyone's heard of your, disaster stories like an opal tower or a mascot tower um you know and that sort of tainted the entire industry uh whereas in reality yeah um and and with a lot of the changes that have been made in in recent times i think back to you know the change to contract law in you know 2019 is that around say sunset clauses and correct changes yeah Yeah. i mean there was probably one i'm going to say walleye creek from memory would be the one where it got to a sunset date and the developers probably able to it was a really interesting out. one it was on the border it was actually more kind of like surrey hills yeah um, okay and y- correct i mean what what happened there was that it got it got to a point where you know values had increased so much mm. that the developer decided that they just wouldn't finish construction hit sunset date and uh you know let everyone out of their contracts and resell them at a higher price point. right that's not possible anymore yeah. you know that's one of the key things that's changed um, and, you know, I spend a lot of part of my day when we're talking with buyers, you know, uh, educating them on on that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not that simple anymore. And um, the way that sunset clauses and sunset dates are written into contracts now is that they're actually all in favour of the purchaser. Nice. <laughs> uh, whereas yeah. previously they were, you know, almost exclusively in favour of the vendor. Mm. And even I think you, sizing was another, another issue as well where they had this you know, discretion to reduce size into a certain percentage and I have to tell you or you've got the hardware to measure the property as well. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, there's always been in contracts what's known as a minor variation clause, um, but they were typically at a a higher margin. Now it's just uh, all down to, you know, what what we or the purchaser would ultimately see as a material consideration. Mm. So really the the size change, if there is any size change is kind of irrelevant. It's if there is any change, Mm. we need to let you know. Yeah. Um, if it, if we deem it or you would deem it to be a, a material consideration on, on whether or not you've purchased. Yeah. Spot on. There was another one you mentioned, valuations. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that will rear its ugly head from time to time. Correct. Um, which I think it's one of those things, it's, what's the word for it? Caveat emptor, like buyer beware. It's almost yeah. one of those things you have to go in, you're entering into a contract, you have to then be aware what may be the market conditions in a few years' time potentially when this property goes to settle. Is that is that Correct. a fair one? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I mean, I, you know, Valuations is an ugly word that gets thrown around just with off the plan. But, you know, you buy a property on a Saturday at auction, Mm. then it's very similar to buying off the plan in a sense that the vow still has to get done. You know, the bank may not agree with what you've paid. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I I think valuations is a tough one. We have no way of ever knowing what, you know, the market will be like in 6, 12, 18 or 24 months. Yep. Uh, it could be the same, might go up a little bit, might go down yeah, you might, a little you bit. You might ride the actual wave of it and markets Correct. picked up and, and, and you benefit off, off yeah, the back of that. exactly right. But, I mean, I think so long as when you head into it, you're yeah. comfortable at the time, you believe in the value at the time, you don't feel like, you know, the vendor is trying to, you know, overstretch, yeah. um, you know, and push the prices too much. If you're comfortable on the day, mm-hmm. then you're comfortable uh, you know, in a few years' time, and that's just one of the things that you need yeah. to have a consideration for, and leave a bit of a buffer in your, you know, in your purchasing power. Which then comes to the financing part, which uh, uh, that's obviously our world, and yeah. we get to see people that maybe have that little bit of world of pain because 
I bought the property two, three years ago. After the payout, now she's coming out for completion. I've either become self-employed, I've changed roles. I've taken a baby, maybe pay cut. We've had a child, which maybe reduces our borrowing capacity. So life has got in the way and it's like, boom. Now yeah. we've actually got very few options around financing or it's become a stress or a moot point to settle. Yeah. And you've got a very, very small window yeah. to settle and yeah. to try and get yourself organized. So I guess that's, from my perspective, it's having that conversation and being in touch with probably your banker or broker going, when are we due for completion? Okay, if this keeps drawing out past the date or the, the ideal date, it's knowing what are, what are my options here, given that what are my life changes compared to when I entered into the yeah. contract as well. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that works in two ways. I mean, I think most of the time, you know, people would hope that if they, you know, in 12 months or two years time, they were actually, you know, a step ahead, Correct. you know, in their careers or their lives. So, you know, what... I see a lot of the time is people actually thought when they purchased they could borrow say six hundred thousand mm. dollars, but now two years down the track they've you know had a promotion or got a pay mm. rise and now it's you know six fifty or seven hundred or seven hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. And it, again, it's this whole thing. You only ever hear the the negative stories, but there are so many positive stories that we hear from people every single day yeah. where you know this was actually something that they they did and they thought was really really beneficial to yeah. their you know financial lives moving forward. Spot I think on. to people that I speak to all the time about you know they purchased two years ago they put up a 10 percent deposit they've spent the last two years saving mm. you know they've got the stamp duty they've saved another 10 percent. now they're not paying lmi Correct. whereas if they purchased something back then two years ago they would have actually been in a, a lesser financial position through having to pay those mm. those lenders mortgage insurances and, yeah, things like that. and you're right now we see it time and time again for our own clients that have bought well and Again, it's not the popular view, which is to buy off the plan, but some clients have done well, and that's why I keep going back to that and I probably should have prefaced it at the start. This is purely a, a general discussion, so it's not intended to give advice. Uh, if you do need advice, please seek out a professional. But this is the nature of this conversation, so we're trying to debunk a little bit of the stigma attached to buying yeah. off the plan. One of the, I guess, again, contentious uh, viewpoints has been probably how some off the plans were sold, whether that was kickbacks, whether that was... Uh, through inflated property prices, for example, so they could build in the marketing costs and some of those down-the-line costs uh, attached to advertising. Mm-hmm. So take me through that. And I guess, again, you're probably quite open and aware of some of the sales tactics that come around some projects versus maybe not other projects. Yeah. Because properties have to get sold, whether it's going through a real estate agent or through yeah, through an correct. agency as well. Yeah. I, I mean, for, for me, I always, you know, but personally what I'm investing, what I look for is, you know, what I call kind of, you know, things like red flags. Anything that the developer is giving away for free right. is something that's been baked into the price. Okay. Um, I would always be very wary of buying anything that's got, you know, big deals or big discounts attached to it because for me, it's not so much the price point, but it's, well, you know, nobody, regardless of if they're selling property, clothes, cars, whatever it might be, likes to give anything away for free. Yeah. So if they are, why are they doing that? Mm. There's an inherent problem in the product in the first place that nobody wants to buy it at its true market value. Yeah. So it has to be discounted uh, in order to get any interest. Yeah, fair enough. Um, you know, so when I'm purchasing, when I'm speaking to our buyers on a, on a day-to-day and people are always looking for discounts or advantages or, you know, developer kickbacks or rental guarantees or all those sorts of mm. things. Um, you know, if those things are being offered, for me, that makes me think, okay, why? You know, why Why are they offering that in the first place? Yeah, okay. Because they wouldn't be doing it if if the product was flying off the shelves or if yeah. it was meeting the demand of the market. Yeah, fair enough. 
Yeah, perfect. So going through due diligence then, so say you've got an investor that say, look, I'm very open to buying a brand new property off the plan, for example, benefits may come with depreciation or like we're saying, it's buying into an emerging market that has time to then Mm -hmm. come up for completion. How do you sort out the good, the great, and then the ugly potential? Like how would you go through a bit of a filter? Um, I mean, for me, I think, you know, like anything that you're buying, you're always looking for reputation. Yeah. So, you know, if if you're really looking at a product and you think that it's something that you really like to buy, I would encourage everybody to look into that product. Mm. Who made it? What have they made in the past? You know, is it clothes? Mm. Is it sunglasses? Is it cars? Or is it is it apartments? Is it property? Is it houses? Which when you talk about cars, it's funny. So the amount of clients that, you know, again, we do asset finance yeah. and they'll research the hell out of the car. Yeah. Uh, they'll know everything about it. And they bought. But when it comes to developers or buying a property, they've got no idea on the Correct. developer's you know, track record of yeah. the recent projects that they've done as well. You know, and, and in some instances, you know, the builder is not necessarily attached to the developer. They're separate companies. Yeah, so, okay. yes, the developer is really important. Yeah. What's their reputation like? Do they deliver what they promise? Yeah. But ultimately, who's the builder? And mm. what's their reputation? What have they constructed in the past couple of years? Yeah, okay. And that is getting easier and it will be more transparent now that we've got this new building commissioner here yeah, in New okay. South Wales, yeah. uh, whose you know, sole focus really is to bring more attention to the property development and construction industry right, okay. um, and, you know, and provide people with that clarity and comfort around uh, new developers and new builders and new projects moving forward. Okay. So take me through the building commissioner. What's kind of the mandate for for this rollout and, and how do we know it's kind of at a, at a, yeah. at a, at a right calibre as opposed to another government initiative, yeah. for example? I mean, I think... Um, the, the whole uh, reason the building commission was brought on, you know, was as a result of some of the things we spoke about before. You know, yeah. you had issues around Opal Tower, Mascot Tower, those sorts of things. And for people in the development industry, you know, I actually think the building commissioner is extremely positive because what it's going to do is take all the people that are already at the top of their industry, yeah. make it incredibly well known, and actually probably make our job a little bit easier. Yeah. And it's going to take all the people that are, you know, uh, not as professional, not as clear cut. Quick bark. Um, yeah, correct. And and they're going to struggle. And ultimately, yeah. they won't get certified. The role of the building commissioner now is to oversee all construction in the whole state of New South Wales. And he has full power and autonomy to uh, influence that industry as he sees fit. So he is going site to site, checking on the work that people are doing. He's shutting down sites daily. He's making people redo waterproofing. He's making people redo fire safety assessments to get it to the standard that it should be at always. What he's also uh, developed is what's called an ISA rating which is an independent rating where yeah. he plans to rate every developer and every builder in the state yeah. like you would see on an electrical appliance that has a, an energy efficiency rating. Yeah, okay. Two stars, three stars, four stars or five stars. Uh, and all developers and builders in the state of New South Wales over the next couple of years will have one of those. And you sign up to the to the system. Yeah. Uh, you want to be rated. You get your rating. And ultimately, you know, if you're at the top of the pile, then people are going to want to buy from you. Correct. Um, and it means that you're ticking all those quality boxes. Everything that you're doing is in the best interests of ultimately the end purchaser. Yeah. Nice. And and the building commissioner, his role is is to oversee that process. Yeah. Which again, that's quite a game changer. We talk about some of the issues that we've had in the past. Correct. I mean, you, you mentioned around Opal, and that's probably something that we're seeing now. Banks starting to push back on is anything that started is what's the cladding like? And if it's not, they want to see a report from the strata and some cladding uh, clarity, for example. And that's 
again, a debate, which is do I buy established or do I buy uh, something brand new? Some of the established properties that we've now got have either got structural issues because they're, you know, they're starting to get old, uh, massive sinking funds as well. So again, this is a, a very open chat around yeah. when you're buying a unit or apartment, for example, and you're trying to decipher is it established or is it brand new? When you're going established, it's what are some of the issues around sinking fund? How well is it managed, for example? Yeah, yeah. sure, you may not have the whiz-bang elements like a gym or a swimming pool or the elevators, but there could be asbestos issues that we're seeing yeah. when people go to do some renovation works uh, for older units. Then there's been um, the cladding that's got to get redone, which is yeah, which is essential cost. Yeah, correct. And there's n- there's never been a better time in this country in this state to buy a brand new property mm. with all the changes that have happened to as i said the, the contractual side of things with the building commissioner um it is actually a really genuine uh time for people that mm. want to make a purchasing decision to buy something new yeah. i mean the cladding as you mentioned you know with the changes to those laws we're now no longer allowed to build apartments uh that have a, a that that core that flammable core yeah. that takes you above uh, a, a certain threshold, yeah, right. um, you know, and that's signed off at construction. You can't get an occupation certificate now without showing that your building doesn't have any cladding above that that flammable threshold. Yeah, wow. Um, and that's what the banks ask for. They ask for that that yeah. sign off, and, and that's what's provided. Yeah. Um, you know, so no, nobody is building those things anymore simply because they can't get people to settle yeah. with them in the building. Yeah, fair enough. Perfect. And then for someone looking to buy, what what smart questions when you're sitting down with them and you're going, look, this is the project and this is what's happening, for example, mm-hmm. what smart questions should a potential buyer be asking of you, someone that's at the, at yeah, the coalface? Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a really good one. I mean, for me, I always find the people that are the most in tune with what they're doing are people that ask the questions that we spoke about before. Who's the developer? Yeah. Who's the builder? They really want to know their track record. They want yeah, to understand... Okay what they've done, what they've delivered in the past. You know, I've got a lot of people now asking if they can see previous buildings of these developers. Nice. Um, which is which is great, you know, yeah. and, and a lot of the developers that we work for have the ability for us to be able to take people through those buildings. They've got yeah. many projects, you know, on the go and we can take people through and show them different stages of construction, show them things that are recently completed or might have been completed mm. 12 or 18 or 24 months ago. Have a look at a building that was done 10 years ago by the same builder. Yeah. What does the facade look like? Has the building held up? Yeah, nice. um, you know, that for me is a really, really good one. Yeah. Uh, you know, other, you know, intelligent questions that I think people, you know, should be asking is, well, what are the future proofing mechanisms that are going into the building at the minute? So how has, you know, EV charging, you know, been yeah. factored in? What kind of smart so, home automation is yeah. included in the, in the particular apartment itself? Um, you know, how is the, the, the hot water and the mm. ducting of your uh, range hoods and, and those sorts of things done as well? They're the kinds of things that I would be looking for and they're the kinds of things that I find when people ask those questions, yeah. they're really in touch with the process and they're, you know, people that genuinely understand, you know, what, what they're getting mm. themselves into, what the decision that they're about to make. Um, and most of the time you find that it actually gives them a lot of comfort because developers and builders are getting very good at doing those things. Yeah. Um, particularly the ones that, as I said, have those really solid track records and a, you know, and, and really really good foundations. Yeah, and to that point, I feel like where we're evolving, which is a really, I guess, mature sign of the industry, is now it's not just about building a, a block of units and going great, sell them. It's I feel like we're moving to a little bit more that community focus. You know, mixed use. You see some great cafes. It's building the area up, for example. I mean, I was in Erskineville the other weekend, and I was like, oh, this is. It feels like they've built a thriving little community. Yeah, yeah I won't say little. It's it's quite big what they've done there. Uh, I had a project up at, um, I think, Stockland's building in uh, 
at a Gold Coast and they're putting schools yeah. in, for example. That's just forward planning because you build that many properties. Correct. You need schooling, you need infrastructure. Yeah. I had the privilege of going to Melrose Park a while ago. Um, we talk about, I mean, I saw the gym, for example, yeah. yoga rooms. Yeah. The way the gardens are set up with lavender, for example, yeah. to enhance that, 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 that standard of living. So gone are the days that it was like a big block unit and it was like that's where it was tomorrow's ghetto. Now it's like yeah. actually we're trying to build a community here, has the community hall, for example, has the facilities. I mean, I can't remember who it was, but um, now they've got like media rooms yeah. and then shared kitchen spaces if you want to get a private chef in, for example. Yeah. Like, yeah. There are actually yeah, like yeah. some really, really good, good hallmarks for like a quality development, wine yeah. cellars. Like, yeah. Some houses don't even have that. Correct. I mean, I think it's about giving giving people what they want. There's this conversation for me around, you know, uh, house prices and mm. where they're going. And yeah. and they are, houses are Standalone freestanding dwellings yeah. are unaffordable for the majority of Australians. At the mm. They've they've gone, you know, they've increased so substantially that people need to turn their attention to things that are more affordable, that's and that are smaller dwellings. They're they're apartments, they're yeah. townhouses, whatever they may be, and that's what the majority of Australians are going to buy in years to come. Yeah, as freestanding dwellings continue to increase in price, but also as there are more migrants into the country. Yeah, and and that's you know, what people want and need to live in. Yeah. I feel the problem in Australia is that historically high-density living may not have been done that well, and mm. which is why there's a bit of a negative stigma around it. But the, the re- great Australian dream was having a freestanding house. Correct. So I mean, I, I still feel like the dream is still alive. It's just it may be a different dream for some people as well. I mean, the, the reality of it is is that we just need to get better at doing high-density living. Mm. And and a big part of that is those things that you were saying is giving people the community that they crave mm. in something that may be higher density. Uh, so that's the things like more green open space. You know, the, the, the great Australian dream used to be a quarter-acre block with Correct. a big backyard. Well, we can still give people that. It's just not literally on their back door they go down the elevator and it's in the common space correct there's no reason why people can't still have that there's no reason why people can't have access to shops on their doorstep Mm. which they wouldn't actually be able to get you know in in the heart of the suburbs absolutely you know we can actually now give people a significantly better level of amenity and you know in my my opinion a better lifestyle um in something that's higher density we just need to get past some of those negative connotations that have been associated with it in the in the past and do it better you know there's still uh, you know more work to do but i I feel like you know developers and and builders in australia are getting much better at giving people that that lifestyle that they crave yeah no really well said i appreciate that because I mean, we've seen a lot more, say, three-bedroom units become in demand or in vogue as, you know, smaller families or maybe downsizers, for example, so on that little bit of space. I've yeah. got the best of both worlds. Like you're saying, still give me access to this space, but I can lock it, leave it, and now, you know, we can travel again. I can travel or it's low on maintenance, for example, if there's health issues or, yeah. um, or you know, busy corporate lives, for example, as well. That's location, amenities, and, yeah. and some of the styling that comes with it as well. Yeah. No, absolutely. I completely agree. Perfect. Uh, and one last question. So as part of uh, your framework, when you're talking to developers and potentially looking to take some of their projects on, for yes. example, to then market and, and project manage and sell, what makes the cut, what doesn't make the cut as well? Yeah. I mean, for, for me, for us, um, you know, it's, it's we, you know, we're looking for people that ultimately we believe in their vision. You know, do, do they have a vision to bring a project to life that's going to substantially benefit the people that they're selling it to? That's yeah, okay. number one. Um, are they a tier one 
builder, developer, you know, someone with a solid track record, uh, someone, you know, that we understand, you know, and they believe in the product uh, first and foremost. They want to deliver what they promise. That that for us is really, really important. Um, You know, and and then we look at ultimately what, you know, they're hoping to achieve out of of each sale. Is it something Mm -hmm. that we believe meets the market? You know, if, if there's a if there's a product there that meets the market yep. in terms of price, location, amenity, then it's absolutely something that we want to be involved in and something yeah. that we want to help, you know, bring help the developer bring their vision to life. You know, and we I love being there on the very first day the project goes to market. Yeah. And I love being there on the day the very last one settles and you know, you hand over those keys to the last person that yeah, nice. that moves in. And that's a that's a really satisfying part of of our job, particularly with larger scale projects, when you get to see an entire community really be yeah. built, you know, out of the ground, what was, you know, more than likely something that was quite underutilized in terms of its original land value. Yeah, nice one. I appreciate that, Mitchell. Thank you so much. And um, I hope this discussion, I'm not here to change your mind. If, if you're off the belief that off the plan or brand new apartments aren't your jam, then stick to the poison, stick to, stick to your game plan that works. If you've been a little bit undecided, I hope that this conversation has at least given you a different perspective uh, and then taught you to not rule it out, but maybe just do your own due diligence and go through that research phase for yourself as well. And if you do want to contact Mitchell, uh, we'll include the details and a link to his uh, to his bio and also the details around Boston projects as well. So Mitchell, I want to say thank you very much for no your energy and your insights as well, mate. Really appreciate it. Wish you every success from a thank family you. perspective. And thank you very much. Personal life, professional life as well. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And yeah, it was, it was great to be here. And yeah, if, if anyone's just got any general questions, we're more than yeah. happy to, to speak to anyone and answer any questions about the industry at any time. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks very much. That's a wrap for another episode of the Australian Property Investment Podcast. If you found it helpful, uh, we'd love a review so more people can kind of access our insights and, and be part of this community as well. And, uh, and if you want to give us a rating as well, we'd love that too. Until next time, take care.